Welcome to the Coast to Coast Podcast. My name is Kyle. And I'm Misha. And today we're going to be talking about Sunday's Oscars ceremony, the 92nd annual Oscars. Um, we're also going to be talking about Call of Duty's latest update for Season 2. Uh, but before we get into that, I know we're recording a bit late. Kyle, that's, um, I know you were in New York City. How was your trip? It was pretty good, yeah. So I was in New York. Um, Second time in two weeks. Yeah, for the, well, not for the Oscars, but I was there as they were being shown. Right. Um, and it was good. New York is cool. Um, it rained. It rained Monday when I was there, so I didn't really do a Bummer. whole lot. Um, I I had a pretty much a free flight because I had points from my delta sky miles or whatever not a sponsor um so i was like oh well but they could be <clears throat> but they could be but yeah. since my flight was free i decided to book um with this company called blade who is also not a sponsor but they are like a helicopter like pretty much you can just like book a helicopter ride from the airport to manhattan and because I was looking at the best ways to get from JFK airport to the actual city. Um, Cause that's tough. Yeah. It's pretty far. <clears throat> it's all like, Oh, you can take this train, but there's not a direct train. So you can take this one to another one and get on another one. And mm. it's like an hour. Um, or it's like you could Uber, which is like 45 to 50 minutes, but it's also like $60. Yeah. And then the last option was like, well, by helicopter for one hundred and fifty dollars, <laughs> you could get there in like five minutes. Um, That's pretty sick. Did you enjoy the ride? So they didn't have because I got there on a Saturday and left on a Monday, so they they don't run on Saturdays. So I unfortunately had to just take an Uber <laughs> on Saturday. Damn. Um, and that was kind of rough, but I got there really early in the morning, so it wasn't like super heavy traffic. Yeah, but it probably took me like 35, 40 minutes to get to where I was going. And then, so I booked one for Monday to go back from Manhattan to JFK. Yeah. And that's when it rained, and they canceled. Damn. And they're like, well, we don't do refunds, but we'll give you a credit on our app. I'm like, for, like, next time you're back <laughs> yeah, in like, New what? York and <laughs> want to take a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, that's wonderful, but I'm not going to use this for a while, I'm sure. Does it expire at all? Uh, no, it doesn't expire, but. I'm gonna forget about it. Yeah. Um. I mean, they're all over the place. I think they're they're not just in New York. I think Blade runs all over. So. Yeah, I'd honestly never heard of them until I saw Uncut Gems. Yeah. Because he he like mm -hmm. calls one for his um mistress to go to the casino. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So she um or she, so they canceled it and they gave me the credit. So I had to Uber back and. It was Damn. horrible. I was in the Uber for like an hour and a half. Yeah, I uh, uh, I recently traveled to New York for work, and we Ubered both ways. And on the way back to the airport, it easily took me like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's so bad. I don't know if it was like just going back is worse, but I mean, it was that's like just New York City. Clock. It's like it's so sprawling. Mm -hmm. You can drive like three hours in either direction, and it's still like pretty urban and congested. Yeah, so it was cool. Um, watched the Oscars at a friend's apartment. Nice. Um, and then afterwards, we 
watched Parasite because they hadn't seen it, and I was like, well, now you definitely you have to, to see it after it won right. everything. I know, and that's probably the big story of the Oscars. Um, I guess we can kind of get get into that then. It's a good transition. Um, so obviously with the Oscars Sunday, there's a lot of speculation about who was going to win. Of course, the best picture ended up going to Parasite, and the director, Bong Joon-ho, uh, eventually over the course of the show ended up winning four individual Oscars, mm-hmm. um, which actually was a record that was last set like almost 60 years ago. Do you know who set it? Um, I don't know. So it was Walt Disney was the last person to win four individual Oscars like that. Oh wow! Yeah, rest his soul. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know about you, but like, so I think the first one he won, just looking back at my notes, was for best original screenplay, mm-hmm. which to me was kind of a surprise. Um, but with each like successive Oscar that he won. I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like, oh my God, like he's, they're going to win best picture. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you felt a sort of similar. Well, I had, kind of... I had Parasite as my best picture winner going into oh, it. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> but I was, that was kind of like, you know, I, I, I wanted them to win and I, that was my prediction, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't sell myself that they were actually going to win. So it was yeah. cool to like actually see them it develop and, and it's just like the snowball effect. You know, they win one, then they win two, and then they three, right. and then just like, okay, well. It's an obvious trend. Here we go. Yeah. And I guess, so, so yeah, in the terms of the context of our picks that we made a few episodes back, um, you were right. I was wrong in terms of best picture. I think I predicted 1917. Um, and it was, really, it was really a toss-up between the two, but uh, I'm really glad that Parasite won. It was easily one of my favorite movies last year. Yeah, did you want to... Um, um, are your notes kind of chronological? Like, did you want to start? Yeah. From okay. Yeah, sure. I mean, so to be honest, like this whole Oscars, I found to be very entertaining. Um, I feel like every Oscars is at least one moment that I'm like, eh, like forgettable or whatever. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the whole show, um, and obviously that started with the introduction, um, with Janelle Monae did sort of like an ensemble, um, like musical medley um singing and dancing and i thought this was kind of interesting section because this oscars kind of drew some criticism for not um having a lot of diversity in its picks you know whether that's people of color or females and i feel like through some of the ceremonies they were like trying to kind of make up for that Um, but I, i don't know if you noticed in this intro there were a lot of outfits of seemingly like movies and actors that got snubbed so you saw like the flower dress from midsummer um, the red jumpsuits from us um, some queen and slim kind of derived characters mm-hmm. um so I, I thought that was entertaining but it, it's always cringy trying to watch somebody get like a group of old white people to try to just like sing along to something <laughs> yeah, yeah so um that was interesting and then of course they always start the Oscars off with um, the best supporting actor to kind of hook people in. Um, and I don't think anyone was surprised by Brad Pitt winning that one. Right. Yeah. How did you like um, Chris Rock and Steve oh, yeah. Martin's like monologue? No, I think that was great. And like, I think it bodes well, you know, they, they made some great jokes and I think it bodes well for, 
you know the oscars recently came out saying that they'll probably never have a host again mm-hmm. um so it's cool to see people do different takes so whether it's chris rock and steve martin or kristen wig and my rudolph played off of each other later on in the um in the ceremony so i thought they were hilarious yeah i think so too and i think um not having a host like it seemed to flow pretty well like there wasn't like you go to commercial and then okay back to like a cringy joke from jimmy kimmel or whatever mm-hmm. like you kind of yeah, I mean, it was unexpected you didn't know what was coming up next exactly and i think they did a good enough job of like finding the most high profile like uh like intermediary hosts that you could there wasn't you know like ricky gervais and we kind of we didn't really like his hosting of the golden globes yeah, and i feel like that's that's what's risky about having one person mm-hmm. you're kind of like prone to their idiosyncrasies yeah like if you like them then fine it'll be a good show but if you're not really like jiving with them then it's gonna be a rough like three hours yeah exactly um so yeah so the monologues are great uh brad pitt won for best supporting actor made some great impeachment jokes you know which is pretty par for the course with what is usually like a very liberal um Mm -hmm. oscars attendees and what was crazy to me was i learned during the show that this was brad pitt's first acting oscar yeah which is pretty surprising because you kind of put brad pitt into a higher like echelon of acting and um I kind of felt yeah, like the same way when, um, like, Leonardo DiCaprio, his first was, like, for Revenant a couple of years ago. Right. And that was kind of the same thing. Like, what the heck? This guy, like, everyone knows who this is, yet he hasn't won anything yet. So, it was cool. And so he, but to be clear, he had won an Oscar previously for his role as an executive producer on 12 Years a Slave, which I think some people didn't realize. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was really cool to see him get his first acting Oscar. And I think I said this about the Golden Globes, but he just seems like such a, like a super chill guy. Right. Like it's gonna be fun to hang out with Brad Pitt, but that's that's a dream, right? Right. Maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe not. Um, so after that, we had the the best animated feature film, which unsurprisingly went to Toy Story Four, kind of continuing a legacy of dominance by Pixar among the like animated feature category. Mm-hmm. Um. I didn't see and any then, of the animated shorts or anything like that. So that was all pretty new for me. I know. I, I feel like I kind of rely on the Oscars to be almost like uh, like an informative when it comes to those. It's like, here's a couple of documentaries and animated shorts you should check out. And then I usually like go and watch them after the Oscars. But like like the best documentary feature film, I had no clue. What, like I'd never heard of any of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um. The one thing that surprised me was, especially in L.A., the lack of, like, Kobe Bryant shout-outs. Mm-hmm. So you saw, like, Spike Lee in his sort of Kobe-themed tux. And the winner of the best animated short, Hair Love, shouted out Kobe. But, like, besides a short part on the In Memoriam, you really didn't see much. Yeah, and even that In Memoriam that they had, um, I was a little kind of, like, a little bit shocked i guess that the, it wasn't like a bigger deal like it was just yeah. like we flashed his picture along with everyone else and um so me and some friends kind of talked about it and it was pretty much just like i mean i g- guess if you're 
thinking of someone in the film industry like Kobe Bryant who has passed, then, you know, I guess they're treating everyone equally. Yeah. Um. So if like he was just as great as all of those other people in the, in, in terms of just like the film, because this is the Oscars. So, right. You know, so I guess it was fine from that standpoint, but apparently they left out a few other people. Um, and I don't think the Oscars had commented on that yet. Yeah. The, that like in memoriam section is always a little like bittersweet because like it, it's always kind of nice to like look back and like remember the people who passed especially if they kind of meant something to you as a viewer but at the same time there's like there's like grips and like costume designers who they're seemingly like ranking the dead like film workers right with like the most like famous being at like the beginning or the end and in the middle they flash like a couple like I don't know. It feels weird and kind of like hierarchical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, so moving on, uh, something they've been doing in recent years has been performing the best original song nominees periodically throughout uh, the ceremony. And the first one that they performed was Frozen's "Into the Unknown." Uh, I, I thought this was the cooler of the, I think, five nominees because they talked about how Disney dubs their movies into all these different languages. So Elsa's being played by like, you know, like hundreds of other actresses. And they had a bunch of these international actresses singing on stage with Adina Menzel. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it's weird. Then, yeah, so... that, um, sorry to interrupt. It's just, we- it's a weird no, feeling to, you know, we watched the Oscars for at least, you know, 15 years now maybe yeah um and it's just kind of a weird feeling to like agree with the oscars you know half of the fun of like watching any award show is mm-hmm. like getting mad at said award show and you know yelling about the snubs and complaining like over who lost <laughs> to whom and right wondering why eminem performed a song from 18 years ago but i know i mean like pretty much every aspect of the, the show is just like, yeah, that, that seems about right. Yeah. I didn't have much to complain about during this year's Oscars. And sure. I, th- I would have liked Florence Pugh to win best supporting actor over mm. Laura Dern. Um, mm-hmm. And there's, you know, that there's some other things, but overall, like after every parasite, when kind of going back to that uh, beginning with the original screenplay and international feature mm-hmm. before the big two later on, um, my complaints, like it just, my complaints about the other categories, kind of turned to like small, like little quibbles, and like I said, it was it was kind of sure. a weird feeling to really be like, yeah, I agree with that, or oh, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> it's like they got pretty much everything right except for some of the nominations. Right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I think overall, like we said before, the no host thing, um, it was fine. And by this time next year that weird feeling of the Oscars doing something right. I'm sure we'll be gone and (laughs) be gone and we'll go back to complaining when Sonic the Hedgehog wins best picture (laughs) or like probably best visual effects. (laughs) Jim Carrey is up for a best actor nominee. Like, (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm. but it was cool. Uh, And I think one of the things for me that I really enjoyed, um, was seeing Joaquin Phoenix also taking home his first Oscar. Yeah. So we saw towards the end he won best actor in a leading role for for Joker, and which also won for best score, which was 
surprising mm-hmm. given some of the nominees. Yeah, and it had 11 nominations, so a pretty good year for Joker and mm-hmm. and Todd Phillips. I I really enjoyed the movie. That and honestly was one of my favorite movies before I saw Parasite in 1917 and a few others. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think it was actually the first that we covered on the podcast. Yeah, I think it was. So that was like an inaugural episode for us. But sure, um, I didn't really, I, I just didn't really take Todd Phillips that serious in terms of directing because, right. as we talked about before, he's just the Hangover guy. Sure. But clearly, he he knows what he's doing, and you know, I'm kind of excited to see what he might come out with this year. Yeah, it'd be cool to see what he works on next. Another another one that was pretty surprising that actually won, I think, two Oscars was Ford versus. Um, it won for sound and film editing, but it was nominated for I think, like six or seven awards. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that one was a big surprise to me, especially um, sound editing. I always wonder how Star Wars doesn't win every like sound editing and visual effects award. Well, every um, year I also have to Google what's the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. I yeah, never yeah, remember. Same. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know now, so I'm not even going to tell you. I am not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of the smaller awards, uh, like production design, ended up going to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was honestly the one that I felt the most animosity towards because I felt like it should have gone to Irishman. Because mm-hmm. um, Irishman's... You know, it's hard because it spans basically four decades or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're trying to evoke, you know, what a street would have looked like in the 50s or what a uh, restaurant would have looked like in the 70s, like things like that. Um, right. Little Women won for costume design, which seemed appropriate. Um, How about see. that and awkward, that- like, moment with James Corden and Rebel Wilson dressed up as cats? Yeah, so that that came during the presentation of the Visual Effects Award, right? Um, and they basically poked fun at, um, you know, Cats drew a lot of criticism for releasing a version of its film that didn't have finished visual effects. Um, so it it was kind of like I found it to be pretty funny, but like there was a shot that was like of the award winner. Mm-hmm. I think it was nineteen seventeen. You know, the visual effects person was standing on stage, and in the background, you just see <laughs> James Gordon <laughs> and Rebel Wilson dressed in like cat costumes, trying to act serious while this guy, you know, thanks his family and like gets kind of this like vulnerable acceptance speech. Um, right. But I, I also saw a tweet that ended up kind of like picking up and became trending on Twitter of someone who worked on the visual effects team. Uh, for cats and was pretty upset because he was saying like that he was working 80 hour weeks uh, and eventually like, the studio like fired him and shut down the like the studio mm-hmm. um, so it wasn't funny to some people i guess yeah i did see that um there was a quote from i think someone from that studio saying on a night that is all about honoring the work of talented artists it's a mm-hmm. it is immensely disappointing that the academy made visual effects the butt of the joke yeah, I mean, but, it's a good point. Like, a lot of jokes are made, but not necessarily at the detriment of someone's work, right? Right. It's Yeah, it's just, you know, unfortunate that you're bad. Mad is mm-hmm. bad. I don't know. <laughs> Cats was a weird movie. Yeah, I didn't end up seeing it. That's okay. Um, 
because I, I like before I got the chance to, I heard about you know the visual effects screw up, and I was like, eh, I'll sit this one out. Yeah, another bet. While I was in New York, I actually had time to go see a movie, and um, I ended up seeing Gretel and Hansel. Mm. So how was it? Te- it was terrible. I fell asleep, and <laughs> it was. I was so confused about why this movie was made, what it was about, mm-hmm. and it it was really rough to see. And I wish I hadn't, but of course, as we've mentioned before, you got to see the bad ones to appreciate the good ones. Yeah, was it scary? Um, for the time that I was awake, <laughs> I was not. <laughs> I was not too spooked. I mean, it's kind of like a creepy movie just like with the witch trying to eat children yeah but it wasn't like not uh jump scares or anything like that sure but and it ends backwards it's, it's hansel and gretel not gretel and hansel yeah i don't i don't i don't know why they chose to do that um maybe kind of in light of the me too movement or uh, i don't know maybe. yeah it could be don't want to speculate i guess <laughs> right anyway so part one of the probably the biggest parts of the, this Oscar ceremony that I really enjoyed was Eminem's performance. Mm-hmm. So they're basically talking about best original song nominees from the past. Um, and lose yourself. You lose yourself starts playing obviously from eight mile. And then Eminem just like popped up on the stage and just started rapping to this like supremely white audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was watching that. They had like that intro video Yeah. and his eight mile one was a little bit longer. And I was like, all right, what is happening here? They've shown right. a whole lot of this Eight Mile movie, and then here comes Marshall Mathers. <laughs> Marshall, yeah, they were because they were kind of playing like the meaty parts of each original song nominee, mm-hmm. and when they got to lose yourself, it they kind of like slowly let sort of the opening beat build. Yeah, and sure enough, Marshall pops up on stage. <laughs> um. And it was kind of interesting watching everybody kind of like either like dance or rap along or stare there awkwardly. <laughs> yeah. Or Martin Scorsese obviously didn't know what was going on. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I thought that was cool. He killed it and it seemed like everybody in the audience was very like receptive to it. Um, I think it was after cool. that. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. Um, after that, we saw 1917 win a slew of awards um, starting with sound cinematography for Roger Deakins, um, very deserving after his win last year for Blade Runner. Um, visual effects also won. And uh, did you catch the bit with Lou, Will Ferrell and uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus? I did, yes. Where they're like joking about the role of a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, he uh, cooks the food or, or waits outside in the golf cart and drives. Yeah, he's the one who travels the actors. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. He always makes sure that we have our fresh coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there were some pretty good tandems throughout the throughout the ceremony. Oh yeah. Um. So the next award after that was makeup and hairstyling, uh, which one? Which bombshell won for? Uh, obviously, for the transformation of Charlize Theron into Megyn Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, but also I think one that was kind of underrated was I forget the actor's name who plays Roger Ailes, but they did a pretty good job of John Lithgow. Um, 
Yeah, John Lithgow. Yeah. Oh, wow, that was John Lithgow? Yeah. Then they definitely did a good job <laughs> uh-huh. on the makeup and hairstyling. Did you have a chance to see Bombshell? I did. Yeah, and it was. I really enjoyed it. I, um, The expectation that I had going in versus coming out was substantially higher and mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm a really big fan of charlie Theron and certainly margot robbie yeah um and i actually i like john lithgow too and that movie definitely like made you cringe not because it was mm-hmm. bad but because of what actually happened with the the sexual abuse and and all that stuff and it was really well done and it was entertaining to watch kate mckinnon's yeah. in it she's great is she really yeah she is it's surprising. Would you say it was more of like a drama or did it not take itself too seriously? No, it, I would definitely say it's a drama. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they, they needed some of those lighthearted comedic times to kind of ease mm-hmm. the tension because it was quite tense most of the time. Sure. Kind of trying to put you in the perspective of somebody going through something like that, that type of... Right. Um, you know, taking advantage of somebody in a position of power. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So moving on was when we really got to kind of the really weighty heavy awards. And the first of those was international feature film, which I don't think anybody was too surprised about. And of course, uh, Parasite won in that category. Um, I don't know about you, but I found Bong Joon-ho to be extremely funny. Oh yeah. He was, I think he would, he should have been the host. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think when he won international feature film, he was like, like, I'm ready to drink tonight. And that was, like, the only thing he said in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> which just shows, like, the universal language of alcohol. And right. And it just, like, brings brings people together. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, obviously, like we mentioned, um, Joker won for best score after winning at the Golden Globes. I was kind of eh about that one. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there were some other good scores but i'm not the authority to judge movies on their <laughs> their symphonies you right, know right um after that we had best original song which i personally thought was going to go to frozen for into the unknown but ended up going to elton john for his original song on rocket man and elton's outfit was fire <laughs> that bow tie, did you see though do you see those sneakers too i didn't see the sneakers no i was just by the bow tie <laughs> Such a personality. Yeah, the bow tie was great. Obviously, his like glasses are always a thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw him. He was like hanging out with the the guys from Queer Eye before mm-hmm. the show, so maybe they gave him some fashion tips. Not that he needs any, but maybe they maybe they dressed him, or vice versa. Or yeah, he, he gave them some. He's been doing this since the sixties. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but after he won, I don't know if you saw. There was like a shot that took you backstage that shows kind of the route that the actors take after they win an award mm-hmm. did you see that shot yeah there's like a like little mini bar and i think i saw like rami malik was back there talking to someone yeah Kristen wig was already at the bar mm-hmm. um i thought that was really cool because i'd never seen that sort of like backstage shot before you know you sort of see them getting ushered off the stage but you never see what it looks like back there yeah so i guess th- i mean it always seems like full the seats, so I guess they did hang out there for a bit during or during a commercial, I guess, and they kind of tell them, "All right, everyone, back to your seats," type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
but yeah, it is cool. And then, and then they have like the after parties that they go to, which I'm sure are even crazier. Yeah, to be a fly on the wall at one of those parties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy. Quite interesting. Um, so after that, we got to the real major awards, starting with Best Director. And of course, in this kind of streak, this unbelievable streak, Bong Joon-ho uh, won for Best Director, making it his third Oscar of the night. And at this point, I was officially hyped. Mm-hmm. Um. I thought he had a really great acceptance speech too. Um, he like quoted Martin Scorsese without giving away that it was Martin at first and then kind of revealed to the audience how much of a hero Martin had been to him. And I thought that was really touching and like the whole audience gave Scorsese a standing O. Right. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, and we had another funny guy moment from <laughs> Bong Joon-ho. He's like, thank you, thank you. I'm going to drink until next morning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those those South Koreans. I I didn't realize how much of a culture they had of drinking. And mm-hmm. when I did more research, it's like they drink like the most alcohol like per capita out of any country in the world. Really? Yeah. They like have. I think it's a problem actually. So sure it's not like super like funny but yeah they definitely drink more than like anyone and even my brother who's in the army and he was in south korea for a few months and he was saying their drink um their local drink is called suja and it's Mm -hmm. pretty much like super potent everyone drinks it it's everywhere it's just like you when you go out to dinner you get like suja as like you know a water that you would at a restaurant in america (laughs) that's your starter so it's like being served like a beer with every meal <laughs> exactly yeah what what is suja is it like a it's, is it more like a beer or wine i think grain it's, alcohol? yeah it's like a grain it's not quite as i don't think it's like thick as um like sake mm-hmm. but it's kind of that same family it's interesting i never knew that yeah um so after best director we had the in memoriam section so there are some pretty notables here. Kobe obviously was the first. Um, Peter Mayhew, who was the original um, actor who played Chewbacca. Uh, we also have John Witherspoon, who I know you're very familiar with um, from like the Friday series. Um, but that was a pretty big one for us because those movies were pretty big during our childhood. Yeah. Um, and Billy Eilish's after... performance during that oh, was pretty. Oh cool. yeah. Yeah, she was really good. I, you almost like forgot she was performing live, right? I don't know about you. I kind of was just kind of encapsulated. It was really good. Um, and then probably one of the more like interesting, possibly controversial moments of the night, we had Joaquin Phoenix his first win uh, for Best Actor for Joker. Um, what did what did you think of the speech? <laughs> Well, I knew it. I I think I audibly said out loud. I was just like, "Oh, great! Here, Here comes we go. like yeah. this crazy speech." And lo and behold, we're canceling. Uh, we're canceling milk. Milk we're is canceling canceled. milk. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I thought his speech like for the first thirty seconds I was like wow like he's surprisingly lucid. He's kind of being humble, thanking the academy and like people who you know obviously helped and then it just took this like 
<laughs> drastic one, 180 degree turn where he was like talking about stealing calves from their mothers and like looking into their eyes as you like murder them and like i don't know it was just of the litany of social issues that i thought joaquin phoenix might go on a rant about right milk was not at the top of my list how did you think how do you think rooney mara feels do you think she's equally as crazy or do you think she's kind of like she kind of tones him down at home i don't know she because she's also kind of an oddball mm-hmm. um i mean her like red her red carpet dresses are always a little odd not in a bad way you know she just has her own unique style and i i feel like they're almost like a perfect fit for each other yeah in terms of their personalities just curious she always seems just kind of quiet and standoffish Mm -hmm. but she's probably heard all this before yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but the best part was as like literally as his speech was making that turn you texted me (laughs) And you're like, I knew he was going to say some weird stuff. Like, and that just set me off. Yeah. It's... And then I basically just like tuned out of his speech. Yeah. I don't even remember the rest of the things he said, but that's okay. Um, so after that, we had two more awards. Um, best actress for Renee Zellweger um, for her performance as Judy Garland and Judy. And this, I feel like was kind of one of those like cookie cutter biopic awards um i feel like they sort of have a higher propensity to win obviously like rami malik won for uh bohemian rhapsody mm-hmm. um and i didn't get a chance to see judy i don't know if you did no but she seemed to be like the clear favorite throughout the entire award season which is really odd to me yeah i was a little disappointed in that award but i guess i can't truly be upset because i didn't see judy but even still i don't know she had a i don't know what she was talking about either when she got her speech <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah and I, I was like judging her performance based on like the three clips they showed of the movie mm-hmm. during the oscars i was like no like she, she wasn't that good Lo and behold. i was personally rooting for scarlett johansson yeah i was as well i am um... That was my prediction going into it, but mm-hmm. oh well. Um, and then obviously the big one that I think surprised a lot of people was Parasite winning for Best Picture, the first foreign language film to do so. Um, and yeah, as I was saying, like I think it would just seemed like with each successive Oscar, it was like, man, they're they're really going to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> they also tried to turn the lights off on them. Oh I yeah, you notice that that part when like the entire cast was on stage and they like mm-hmm. they lowered the mic and they, yeah, I saw that. You can't do that to a Best Picture winner. No, like you gave you gave Joaquin Phoenix and Renee all that weird time. Give them, <laughs> yeah. give them some time to express their their gratitude. And yeah, like funny. shut the lights off on Joaquin when he starts talking about cow milk. Yeah, right. Don't you know. <laughs> Right, yeah. Don't like shut down the cast of the Best Picture winner. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, what what do you think that Parasite winning kind of bodes for the future of the Academy Awards? Um, well, I hope to see um, more foreign films kind of get 
the recognition that they do and and they even changed the title it's not even like the best foreign films it's like international something right um, international feature film yeah because there there are and even to my own ignorance i guess i i don't spend a lot of time watching foreign films mm-hmm. and international feature film pictures um so i would like to be more enlightened myself with knowing more about them i've i mean I, the one that i saw with you um mama i think it was called or yeah like good night mama or something yeah. like that yeah like that one was like phenomenal i really enjoyed it and then i was like wow that's a foreign film and then parasite i was like well i heard this was really good it's a foreign film mm-hmm. but whatever and then i watched it and then of course it's like one of the greatest movies ever so totally agree i'm hoping that it sheds more light on the vast um world of acting not not that we don't have enough here in the u.s but there's more out there that we should all uh be aware of yeah and and not just acting but filmmaking in general because i mean bong joon ho's direction was obviously good enough to win an oscar so right um yeah i'd love to see more international feature films you know for contention for major awards i think another thing that i think is sort of the next step in the progression is nominating actors from foreign language films Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously Parasite swept a lot of the major awards but not any of the acting ones there, I mean I don't think there was a single nominee for Parasite um, in that field of actors and actresses so I think that's kind of the next frontier is recognizing the individual acting performances of the people who make the, those films so great mm-hmm. yeah for sure um, I, uh, I so want to see I want to see Keanu Reeves with an Oscar. Mm. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. I saw this funny article online and uh, I can link it in the show notes or whatever, but it was talking mm-hmm. about how there should be a, an Oscar for best action movie. Sure. And how, you know, they kind of, it's a little bit more like more of a parody, but just talking about how the skills of making like a, John Wick aren't exactly the same as what you would need to make Marriage Story and sure all that. I don't know. It was funny. Yeah, I mean, it would be cool maybe to see genre specific mm-hmm. awards, um, or even just like an award for a guy who does his own stunts. You know, <laughs> like <Right. laughs> Keanu's pretty badass. Same with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise does a lot of practical stuff. Was he um, at the show awards? I don't know if he was. I'm always like looking for people, and I guess. If you don't, if you weren't really involved in a lot of maybe larger mm-hmm. films this year, then then you might not necessarily be actually invited if that's the case. But mm-hmm. it all depends on, I guess, if they have room for you. Yeah, and I feel like Tom Cruise keeps for the most part a pretty low profile these days. Right. And and he wasn't really in much this past year. I think he was in was he in a Mission Impossible? I don't even. Yeah, I don't even know anymore. Was that Ghost Protocol? That might have been the year before. <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I can't keep up with Tom Cruise. He runs too fast. <laughs> yeah, and he's tiny. He can lose him in a crowd. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, despite this being a very entertaining Oscars, it actually drew the lowest viewership and like ratings since Nielsen started recording uh, ratings for the Oscars. I think in like the 70s. 
um, which I, I don't know. I mean, people have speculated quite a few things, um, partly the lack of diversity in its nominations, um, maybe keeping minority viewers from tuning in, or it could be the fact that there wasn't a host for the second straight year. Um, but I thought it was weird because no one tuned in, but it was seemingly the best Oscars I've watched. Right. Maybe that says something about our taste. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Maybe we're at odds with the world. It's well, I'm sure it's it's weird because every year, um, even with movie and like box office um, ratings and all that stuff, it seems like maybe people. I don't know how they measure these things, but if someone's just like watching it off of like a link from Reddit, because mm -hmm. no one has like cable anymore, so people are either like sure. illegally streaming movies and shows, or so this was like the lowest watched Oscars this year. But um, I think there was probably some uncounted numbers out there. Yeah, I feel like there probably always are with any sort of large broadcasting event. Yeah. Um, but I would actually almost maybe argue against that because I feel like more people have access to like um, services that are you know promoting promoting more cord cutting and more affordable. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe give you access to like broadcast television. Yeah, um, or you think of it as like more of a. I think you have a lot of, but this is kind of it's always been this way. So I don't know if it would be different this year. But you have people have Oscar viewing parties. Yeah. So it's you're watching it only. There's only one TV that it's being streamed from, but you have like 12 people in a room. Right. So. Yeah. I, I've never understood how to calculate that because for sporting events, they they can like approximate what a TV that's in like a bar is being watched by. You know. So yeah. it, it's an interesting game of like the 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 way they weight different locations and different. Like it's it's got to be not very accurate, you know. There's definitely like a margin of error, but I always wondered how they do that. Right, 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 right. Um, so not to do with the Oscars, um, but to do with movies, something that I guess we could say just came across my desk. Uh, pictures of Robert Pattinson's new bat suit have been released. Have you got a chance to see those yet? I have not. I know you mentioned it earlier, but um, yeah, I have not seen it. I'll look it up right now. So I feel like they've made Batman so many times. You have to kind of strive for something original. This definitely evokes Batman's of the past, but right now it's drawing a lot of comparisons to Daredevil's suit from the Netflix series. Um, I think it looks pretty cool, and I'm a big Robert Pattinson fan, so I'm I'm pretty stoked, but people are kind of dragging it for seemingly imitating daredevil do we still think that he's going to be a good batman i don't know because like with any good actor it's always kind of also up to the director to bring a lot out of them um you know i have a lot of praise for robert pattinson but he got pretty highly criticized for his performance in the king which was a netflix original um right. So, like, if Matt Reeves doesn't do a good job as a director, who knows what we're going to have to suffer as, like, Robertson's, Pattinson's Batman. I think I'm uh, just over that story. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really... I think the the peak for me was definitely Christian Bale and The Dark Knight, that, that mm -hmm. trilogy. And then from there, the Batman movies just... 
like unless they make like a really gritty like I mean the Dark Knight was pretty gritty, but if they come out with like a pretty like super dark like R rated um Batman similar to like what they did with like Logan for Wolverine mm-hmm. um or there was another R rated super movie superhero movie that came out. Um I don't remember what it was. But I feel like those Christian Bale ones got pretty close to that. It did. And it did, but like Batman, I guess he's he's known for like being the vigilante who never kills people, right? And so I think if we got a little bit more intense, I would enjoy it. But mm-hmm. um, I think DC, as a movie production company, has kind of lost my trust. So until like, they come out with something that is really substantial, then um, I don't know if I'll be watching. Yeah, because Ben Affleck's Batman wasn't great. Um, and the way I feel like you could achieve that grittiness is having Joaquin Phoenix's Joker involved, but they have already come out saying that's kind of a standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I think that's Robert Pattinson's Batman's this year. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah. Regardless, I'll I'll still go. <laughs> yeah. Maybe once we get more uh, details, like who's who else is going to be in it, then I'll I'll go watch it. Yeah, I don't I don't remember who's attached. But uh, we'll we'll have development soon, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think switching topics here, we've gone to another thing that's near and dear to our hearts, Call of Duty. Um, so we recently got season two of Modern Warfare, um, and I think first things first, this patch was humongous. Yeah, it, it was, was like sixty gigabytes. Sixty gigs on PC, a little slightly less on I think like Xbox. And uh, we even had a, we even had a dev come out and apologize for the size of the patches, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna say they're doing their best to like kind of minimize the size of those those things because the game itself is already huge. Um, but what did, what do you think so far of season two? We've obviously had a couple of days to play it. You and I put in a few hours yesterday. Yeah, I think I think it's pretty good. I um, think coming out to the like illustrious like no one's ever happy in this community mm-hmm. it seems like this is kind of a good a good stepping stone i think season one was really good and then now you have season two coming out that kind of introduces like new modes you have the new battle pass you have um a few other weapons that are coming out i think it's going to be a little bit stronger than season one and so far i'm having a um a fun time yeah so I think one of the biggest things that you and I have kind of latched onto is this new CDL playlist. Um, we've kind of been asking for some sort of like ranked or even like slightly competitive mode or playlist for a while, and we we kind of finally got that in season two. What, what do you think of that so far? Yeah, so I was looking forward to like a more traditional ranked playlist. So aside from just public matches, you actually having a rank and then you kind of Mm -hmm. can grind that for what it is. Um, But I always enjoyed the, the CDL rules and then like the more competitive rules anyway, because I think it's just, it's just a better way that the game should be played. I don't really care for like a lot of score streaks. I don't care for Mm -hmm. like random weird perks that don't really have anything to do with the game. And I think like skill, right. Or skill. And I think that, having these rules and having the game modes, it just feels there's definitely an amplified feeling of competitiveness. And I think 
Um, that's what I enjoy when I think of playing Call of Duty is the competitive nature of it and not just falling asleep in a public match. Yeah. And yeah, and what I've enjoyed is it's a bit like, um, I feel like w when you're playing the CDL playlist, you're playing with people who are a bit more motivated to do well, um, a bit more committed to communicating with their teammates, are a bit more knowledgeable about the maps or like rotations on game modes like Hardpoint. Um, so it was fun. It felt like kind of, um, I, I guess, communal or, uh, you know, just a little easier to, to play with people. Yeah, for sure. And I think that if you watch the competitive aspect of it and now that you're able to play it, it kind of gives you like a fun sort of way of, you know, this is what the professionals do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like you said, we also have a new battle pass, a couple of new maps. Um, so one that has been pretty popular of late is they brought Rust back, which was an original Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 map. Um, <laughs> I forgot how rage-inducing this map was. Uh, I played it once since I've updated, and I think I spawned, died out of spawn like six times, and was just like, yeah, okay, I, I remember, remember yeah. how this goes. <laughs> It's definitely something that is better played with less than six people. I think it needs to be either like a 2v2 or 3v3 gunfight mode map or mm -hmm. something, you know, five people maybe, but certainly not six because it's just too tight of quarters to be playing. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun as like a gunfight map. Um, and or with just a tactical, like mm -hmm. even 4v4, like you said. Yeah, and they even talked about bringing back the gunfight tournaments. They they play tested mm -hmm. it as a limited time mode during season one, and um, they don't they didn't say when it would be coming back, but definitely during season two, you'll have these gunfight tournaments, which I pl played the first season and I really enjoyed. It kind of gives you again that competitive feel to the game, and it also gives you something to kind of play and earn rewards for, like right. some sort of like purpose. Yeah. No, I definitely enjoy, like you said, gunfight. I think it, your skill really shines through more, um, and it's an exciting kind of fast-paced game mode. We also got a new map called Bazaar for gunfight, which I haven't got the chance to play yet, but um, it's kind of a pretty like symmetrical layout that I think I, I prefer out of the gunfight maps. Like I always enjoy playing speedball over saying something like uh, cargo or something that's really not like heterogeneously construct right and they also came out with another map um i think it was called zarkov boneyard mm -hmm. so that will be another that's the newest ground war mode or new map for ground war mm -hmm. um, i'm not really big into ground war but they did talk about how they're gonna have um a ground war infected game mode oh um wow that sounds like chaos so it's 50 <laughs> v 50 yeah infected wow that was like 50 infected versus 50 non-infected 50 on 50 yeah whoa that's kind of cool mm. that reminds me of those like limited time mode fortnite maps do you remember those like 100 v 100 yeah those are fun those are fun until you're the last person on the team and you have like <laughs> <laughs> entire entire uh -huh. hundred people hunting you yeah and then they also brought back simon uh ghost riley he's back mm -hmm. um so he's in the season pass that you can purchase it's like 10 bucks um 
And then they also came out with two new weapons, the Striker 45 and the Growl 556 assault rifle. Um, I haven't used the Growl assault rifle, but I've used mm-hmm. the Striker, and it's pretty much a UMP, so very similar to the MP5 submachine gun, just something that is definitely better for close quarters, and if you like more of that run-and-gun uh, play style, then that might be cool for you. Yeah, I was using the Striker in CDL on Search and Destroy maps with a suppressor, and um, was actually pretty surprised, especially since they've nerfed the MP5. I feel like it's kind of a good um, alternative option. Yeah, and then they also teased a classified mode, yeah. classified mode and weapon. The classified mode has certainly been leaked um, quite quickly over the past few days, where mm-hmm. it's most likely going to be their battle royale game mode titled Warzone. There was even some videos that were released on YouTube that I saw that were quickly taken down and copyright stricken by Activision. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of showed you having this tutorial like you go into like this war zone training mode and it kind of talks about like drop loadouts and how to like scavenge for things and oh very cool it's pretty much like yeah this is clearly like a battle royale and then the objective at the bottom was like last last man standing or something like that Mm -hmm. so when you say loadouts does it suggest that you're dropping with loadouts or you're looting like standard battle royale formats? It seemed to me that you have a very basic starting loadout. So remember mm-hmm. when we used to play um, ROE? Ring of Elysium. Yeah. yeah. So you had like, you can either start with like a shotgun or a pistol and like have this backpack or have like this grenade. I think it's like that. Yeah, you have like very basic things to drop with, and then of course you loot and find other things as you go along. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I personally would fun. really enjoy a battle royale that gives you a bit more options when you land. Maybe even a bit mm-hmm. more beyond like what you were saying with ROE. Like even having like Call of Duty loadouts where you land, are able to travel around the map. The map's a little interactive. Like I think it would be a nice change of pace from this sort of drop and loot style that's pretty popular. Yeah, and I well, I enjoyed um, Blackout in uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4. I really enjoyed yeah. that Battle Royale. I think it was fun, but unlike most Battle Royales, it's fun for like the first month and a half, and then everyone gets like super good at them, and then I'm just not that good. So <laughs> it just it kind of takes away the fun. So I'll pro- if, when it comes out, I'll probably play it pretty heavily for the first month, month or two, and then, <laughs> and then hang them up. And then Shroud and and ninja and and doctor will start to play and then i'll i'll yeah unless they come out with some sort of rank system like fortnite has implemented yeah and actually speaking of that i can't i played a little bit of apex earlier today um Mm -hmm. with um one of our friends grim online and they introduced this new season four update that we didn't really talk about but they really tweaked their skill-based matchmaking and um there's a lot of positive feedback from that and I enjoyed it new, because new I legend too, I think, right? Yeah, I hadn't played Apex in a long time, and and I won my second game. Oh, nice! So I don't know if that's because the game just thought I was really bad because I haven't played. So. <laughs> so they put me in, and I and I won. So that was that was nice. fun. And then I and then I stopped playing after that. I'm putting a few games, I think. Yeah, and then going back to Call of Duty, we saw that they have. Again, this other battle pass mechanism, which we've talked mm-hmm. about in the past, which is a very Fortnite-like reward thing that, you know, it kind of parcels out new content for players as they amass, like, playing time and experience points in the game. And um, I think 
I I didn't buy this one yet. I didn't buy the first one, but you know, if I if I play it more, then it might be worth it. Yeah, I've started to resign the battle passes lately. I just like get so much FOMO. Um, mm. Like I bought one, the Counter Strike one, I'm like 13 weeks late, but I bought it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'll probably buy the Call of Duty one. Well, they're cool and like they're definitely the rewards are nice. Um, but then it's like I can only equip one camo at a time. I can only equip like one skin. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why do I need 150 of them when I can only have one? Too many options. Yeah. But it's cool. Like I kind of had this kind of feeling when I used to play Destiny a lot. It's just about like having that collector mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you just like want to grind for this gear set and grind for this piece of armor or whatever. <laughs> and it's not because you ever gonna, are going to use it because it's honestly trash, but it's cool because you want to have this sort of collector's hoarding mindset i guess might be a better word yeah or at least something that you can anchor on to kind of motivate you and like give you purpose i guess yeah and th- and that's a big thing especially for um online games is just having a, a purpose and having like reason to log in and play mm-hmm. because after a while it does get a bit stale so if they don't keep things fresh then playing goes down and and then they lose money and big companies right. don't like to lose money exactly Speaking of uh, purpose, you're, you're uh, fighting your way out of silver. You are, since our last podcast, now a silver four. I want to congratulate you on a job well done over the past week. And yeah, and, and certainly speaking about purpose, is I there is, <laughs> um, if I didn't have the hard drive size that I have, which is pretty large, and if I yes. didn't have you all playing the game, I don't think I would have Counter Strike installed on my computer. Really, I I played it a lot, you know, before like in college and a little bit with Matt yeah. before like you and Connor kind of like jumped on to it, and it's just it. I just can't get a hold of it, and we kind of talked about this when we were playing the other day. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it is a difficult game, and it takes a lot of you can't just log in and play and expect to get better. You have to actually, you know, kind of study it and and watch yeah. people that are better than you and learn smokes and flashes watch competitive play right and then you can master all that and and the game still kind of treats you poorly anyway Mm -hmm. yeah no i mean that's actually a good point like it was kind of a fortuitous series of events that led the four of us to just start playing it so much together it was like things just kind of lined up at the right time because i don't think i would really be playing it much either if it weren't for you guys right Mm -hmm. but I think that's what's nice about Counter-Strike is when you have a large group of people you can play with that you can depend on. So that's what makes it playing fun. Not yelling at each other. Yeah. Blaming each other for things. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Not just you. Everyone I think does it. I know. Well, not me. Uh, All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's show. We covered a lot of topics. Actually, kind of just two, <laughs> but at length. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so with that, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Coast to Coast podcast. Next week, um, are you seeing anything this weekend? Do we have anything that we're going to be talking about that we know of on the books? or? Um, no. Well, there are a few that's kind of toss up. Um, so Birds of Praise out this weekend. So is Downhill with Will Ferrell. But I think we yeah. might actually go see The Little Women because um, that's one I haven't seen yet. Nice. Yeah, I'll probably. I mean, I'll probably see Birds of Prey for sure. Um, so that'll probably be what I can talk about. If you don't see it, then 
I could share birds of prey. You can share little sure. women and we can compare the feministic um, <laughs> correlations that they might have between yeah. the two. I'm sure we'll see some striking similarities. Yeah, that would be funny. <laughs> so yeah, for now, again, if you're listening on Anchor, um, we appreciate the people there that host our episode. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher Radio. Leave a and, review, uh, share it. That's the best way, I think, is just sharing it with people. Um, and thanks for yeah. listening. And uh, no fan mail this week, so send us some more prompts. Yeah, but, yeah no fan mail, so... Hopefully our inbox will be quite full next week. Exactly. But all right, we'll talk to you guys next week. See you then. Bye.